Welcome back to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stanley. Today's guest, he acquired over 100 vending machines and a few ATMs. And he's here to talk about passive income and how he acquired it over the years. Please welcome Andre Barrett. Thank you, Stanley. Thank you so much. I appreciate it being here, man. Oh, man, I'm glad to have you. Listen, the last time I saw you, mm -hmm. we were in Miami. I believe you were at your cousin's condominium on the top on the rooftop. Oh, that was yeah. A, that was a quite a, a while ago, right? Bristol it, Towers, man. That's right. It, downtown Miami. At, oh, man, what a view. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, sir. And you guys were into MMA at the time, and it was like real intense. I remember you guys were really going hard and yeah. and I, I thought that was the path, which it probably still is, you never know. But for me, I'm I'm thinking how did you what was the aspiration to turn around and build such a network when it comes to the vending machines and the ATMs? You know, honestly, it's been well, with the this business right here has been about ten years and it just didn't start you know, over a hundred, I mean, it sounds great, but man, when I first wanted to get into the vending, I had my other businesses going on, but mm. you know, I needed something and you, you know, you're talking about fightings. I was always injured. If you're injured, you can't work. I needed something that I didn't have to physically be there. So I just thought about it, you know, actually my brother, my older brother gave me uh, the idea and I just said, you know what, how am I going to get into vending? Mm -hmm. And when I first started, I actually started out with five machines. Those five machines, but I started with a company franchise that dealt particularly with healthy, healthy vending. And um, I thought it was right up my alley, just being close with fitness and martial arts. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, went through training. Uh, the good thing with that that franchise at the time, there was no franchise fees. It was a biz op. So I got training, help. I bought the five machines from them, but I was able to kind of grow my own. There was no one telling me, hey, you need to put this product in here, that product. This is what we think is healthy. So that, that was what was great about the opportunity. Um, it took me about six months to kind of get the hang of it, though. Mm -hmm six months bit my biggest issue at the time was inventory management and pretty much remote monitoring that was something new to me so six months i'd say it took me to get uh, used to it eight months i bought three more and by the first year i ended mm -hmm. up um, 10 and i've been grown consistently over since and just never looked back so um went through everything on um, expansion i I went to traditional vending, full line vending, um, which is like snack, uh, full meals in a corporation mm -hmm. and uh, coffee services. So I do it all. I do it all now. Yeah. You started out with five. Yeah. Now, uh, give me some numbers. Like, for example, if I had some funding uh, set aside and I wanted to allocate some money over, uh, what's a good starting point? Okay. So... Anyone that comes to me, because I have operators that come to me and they get into the business, it depends on what you're willing. Here's a good way to look at it. Okay. You have to start inventing. I, and I think the rule of thumb goes with any other business. You cannot be reliant on the income when you first start, meaning you should need to be able to go at least have six months of where you will not need the business. So if you have the money to buy five machines, mm -hmm. okay, whatever that investment amount, let's say it's 20,000. I'm just throwing a number out there. Okay. You shouldn't want to pull that money to pay yourself within that six months. This is my opinion. Mm -hmm. The reason is because I've seen so many operators that get into the business, they lost their job. This is happening a lot now, especially. And sometimes I have to tell people, look, pump your brakes. Okay. Right. Start with what you could handle time-wise and financially. Each, especially this quarter, in fourth quarter, first quarter. Mm -hmm. Quarter. If you have, let's say, a school, most people the first thing they think of vending. 
I want a school, I want a school. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But if you have a school and you go through the holidays, most schools are what? Closed. Closed. Correct. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you start up the bat and start pulling money in your pocket, oh, I'm making five, because my machines will do on average five to $800 a month. And, um, that's and that's what, a per machine. That's per machine profit. This is okay. expenses, but that's typically on what I do. Um, I have some outliers that do much more than that, but just in the realm of uh, averages, five to eight. Mm -hmm. So again, where I see get people getting kind of the, the little um, issues, they get excited, but they're not accounting for first quarter, last quarter, even all the quarters. Mm -hmm. So I would always say, have either savings or have another job or another hustle where get the the base of this business established before you blow your savings on the investment mm -hmm. so even though i sell machines i sell different types of machines and i think it's going to be particular to the individual because i like healthy healthy normally gets me in the door i do i've learned coffee services again there's full line vending some people, there's combination machines where there's snack and drink, and it depends on the locations that you're trying to target. Mm -hmm. uh, machines, sizes, models, all depend on what you're trying to target it, your entry point into the market. Uh, I personally think healthy is an easier way because it's not as saturated as the other um, uh, segments in vending. Mm -hmm. You want to be careful on how you start but i say if you not that you're going to lose the money or blow the money but can you be without taking a profit yes you'll make profit day one you put a machine people put their money in yes you're going to be making money but you have to be careful you have to know what are your taxes yes pay your sales tax because mm -hmm. um my machines take credit card I'm able to um, see what's top sellers, top, bottom, and I'd be, I'm able to report those things and make the necessary right choices and change it up. You also want to see trends, mm -hmm. performance indicators, um, time of the day, this particular product, uh, Snickers could be in location A between three to six. Mm -hmm. So cool to do it when you use that technology, it will tell you what's selling. So you have a KPI for each one? Anything. There's okay. tons. Hot zones. Um, again, top 10, bottom 10 products, cash to credit card ratio. Um, those little things are important. Uh, and each location is going to be different. You could have a corporate building. I have a corporate building with eight machines. Mm -hmm. And they're in different companies. The machines look different. Right. Age. Income level, you could have a law firm, you could have a call center, you could have a doctor's office in the same building, age, demographic, the income level, of the people you're serving. Mm -hmm. You need to make, give it time because if you just put the same thing, your machines match, you're going to make average to below average money. I guarantee you that. Right. You know, and some people. Because it's not diversified because different uh, companies desire different things. Of course. Okay. Of course. Their spending habits are different. That's why it's important True. to use the right tool so you can see what's selling or not. I spend most of my time doing that, to be honest with you. All right. So who would be like the point of contact? Depends on the location. Okay. Most places, um, like my car dealerships, it's, it's like the service manager or sometimes some companies it could be the admin, you know, they, they give that job to the admin, but that actual first person that you meet mm -hmm. is corporate building and you have the lobby is the building management company. They normally have an office. So you, you want to lease the building management numbers right there. Their office is normally in the building or give the address. That's who you go talk to. Um, and larger corporations like hotels, um, more than likely is going to be uh, HR. Right. And you do have like a, Hotel, hotel chains that you associate with, right? Hotels, I have Hilton, Marriott, I have W, I have uh, Weston, <laughs> you know, Wood Springs Suites, which is uh, extended. So I have quite a few, yeah. 
what led you to that? Did somebody guided you or somebody mentioned, hey, try putting in the hotels or that's something that you, you became the creator of? I think being in South Florida, also, I think you have to look at where what's prevalent in your area as well. Being here in Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. there's hotels everywhere. And just through networking, um, friends, neighbors, someone I met, um, I knocked on doors, some places I went, I just gave it a try. Because when I first started, I really needed help to, um, I, I was blind. And my one of my first places was a Hilton. And um, even out of the hundred I have, with all the Hiltons I have, I have, I don't want to say, it's either be 30 to 40 in mm-hmm. total of all, because I have one place that has 25, one place six, four, and it came from the original place. So one person recommended me to the other branch or right. asked them for the additional business. And that's pretty much how I've grown. Oh, that's crazy. Um, what's some of the challenges that you face when you first started? Uh, let me give you a good example. Okay. When I first started that first Hilton, right? Um, it had 300, it was not for guests. I mean, say that, okay? It's not, not for the guests, it was for the employees. Mm. I decided I put the machine in the back, um, HR said, okay, fine. My first month, I did about $100 gross. And I was mortified because it right. wasn't what I was expecting. And long and short of it, I spoke to the HR manager and she was like, well, why don't you just move it down? Or I suggested actually, hey, can we move it a little bit down the corridor because it was kind of tucking like a corner. You really right. couldn't see it. So I moved it where everyone pretty much was clocking in. And most of those big hotels have a receiving area for food and, you know, they outsource a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Next month, it did about four or five or even uh, four or five hundred. The next month, about six hundred. So it was trending up, but it's still, and this is gross. I'm not at the net yet. So um, I was really, I saw that there was movement there. But the, the deciding factor with that place was um, I was at the machine filling it one day and a lady came by, you know, and said, hey, you got an expensive ass machine. She wasn't even saying it to me. She just said it out loud. I guess mm. she was upset. And I didn't know and how this to this is it. even as the traction was building. Right. Mm. Even as it was building. Because... Right. It was building because they didn't have a choice. There's there's two different aspects, right? Right. Sometimes you go in the airport, think about it. You buy a Coke for $4, a 20-ounce Coke. You will right. never do that outside of the airport. Why? Because there's options. Correct. Right? right? The airport, they know what they got with you. You're stuck. If they put it at $5, you're going to buy it because that's what you want. You 1,000%. Know. Right? Right. So that's, Sometimes that's the mindset. I look for a place like, hmm, are they stuck? So these people were stuck. So that was more their frustration of, I turned around, I looked at her and I was like, oh man, okay. These are the chambermaids. These are the bellhops. These are security guards. Right. This is not the guests coming on vacation. Yeah. And for I realized, them, average you know spending. I mean? Go ahead. Yeah. And I said... Let me change. I think at the time, my average price point was, and again, got to know your KPIs. It was about 275, something like that. High two. Um, I lowered it down to 175. That place does about three grand now a month. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's from making the adjustments. It's you either have a product or a price problem. It's like an intersection. Mm -hmm. They have to meet. And there's a sweet spot in every place. Some places, easy, easy, no problem. But then you're going to have those ones that you're going to have to figure out. And it may take a month or so. Again, that's why I said, give yourself a buffer. You're looking to pay your bills and stuff like that. You, you, you know, that's, to me, that's not smart. This is an investment. And if you want reoccurring revenue, I'm big on reoccurring revenue. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to nurture it a little bit. There's going to be out of five, you're going to have an anchor machine. That place now is an anchor machine. 
I've seen people have opportunities like I did mm -hmm. and give up because they didn't put in that additional work or they didn't have the technology. They made a put an old machine in there. It wasn't able to have uh, that credit card system. So you can track to see what is doing well or not. And they want to know, especially when you're dealing with a large company, sometimes you, you don't have that personal kind of interaction all the time. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate. I seeked it out. I asked because at the time that was my first group of machines. Right. And, you know, I paid a good amount for it. I don't pay that now, but back then, you mm -hmm. know, I made sure, look, I have to make this work. So you made that extra effort. I have to. Oh yeah, man. And my wife looked at me and said, I don't know what you're doing. I said, I'm gonna get my money back. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, That's that <laughs> I said, man, I was like, Hey, I'm getting the vending. I got that luxury. You're getting the what? You know, it, mm. it, it's, you know, cause I had, uh, like I said, other things going on and I was just like, yeah, I think I could do it. You know? Yeah. You know, so I know like, um, two things I want to ask you. One is, is there any fees associated? Do you pay out a portion? Do they take a portion of the people that you're dealing with? Like the companies that you installing for? That's a sin in my opinion. Oh, okay. But it does happen. It happens and All it right. has to be warranted. And as a skill operator, mm -hmm. how you negotiate with a location. Cause I tell, I tell folks, look, you outsource and get coffee delivered and you pay for a coffee service for your office. You have to pay for that. Right. Then you have a water cooler service. You have to pay for that. Correct. I'm giving you a brand new machine. I'm giving you snacks and drinks with the assumption, hopefully mm. I'll make right. a profit. Sometimes I have to break it down to places like that. So, because the perceptions, yes, I get it. Hey, what am I going to get out of it? You're going to get the service. You're going to get that. You're going to have the reliability of products um, not expiring. There's so many accounts that I've taken. Sometimes over. it's just the morale that have something there. Automatically. And they don't have right. to worry about it for their guests or employees. Correct. So clients call me and say, look, we're getting rid of our um, operator because too many things are expiring. We've been paying them. Uh, uh, yeah, we get commission. I don't even care about commission anymore. Mm -hmm. That's what happens eight out of 10. Now, yeah. that's you, when you render a service, a good service. There you go. Mm -hmm. When it comes to like uh, government schools, forget about it. You're paying a commission. I have the Department of Transportation, I pay them a commission, which is okay in those circumstances. Okay. Where, um, I pay them. You know, some places want a quarterly, some places want a monthly. Again, it's what you negotiate. I tell the folks sometimes or my operators that join with me and I say, look, before you do that with your location, try to see if you could work it where you could start paying them or negotiate, hey, we could go over my numbers after 30 to 60 days because people just think, look, you know, you're making all this money on us and... Mm -hmm. You know, we want 20%. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. No, right, right. you know, I might be able if we uh, go over a certain amount gross, you could get three to 5%. And then mm -hmm. on top of that, I'm going to have to raise my prices. I'm going to have to nobody want. Yeah, we're, we're not business partners. No, it don't work like that. Right. No. I'm providing a service if you want commission like, and you know, and you don't want to get in a trap because you're going to have some places too where like, well, we want low prices, but we and we want commission. What do you want this for? So right. you have to know what you're giving them. And, you know, in the beginning, you're excited and you want to say yes to everything. You know, and I trust me, I've been through it all. So mm -hmm. personally, I don't want the commission. Have you done it in the past? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah, you've yeah, learned yeah. along the way, and you you made the correction, correct? Look, I am good on pulling out numbers. I'm good. I'll print it out. Here's my cost of goods. When I'm in a meeting, I've been in boardroom meetings before with mm -hmm. people asking me and saying, hey, how much commission or why your prices is this? Here's why my price is this. How many transactions are you guys going to guarantee me per day? I need about 25 to 35 just on bare minimum. 
can mm-hmm. we do that yeah that's and a we, great point so that's the whole thing where i um always put that back on them that i put them in my my position like in a minute do we use it like that do we really need it i yeah. I, I had microsoft in the beginning too right a microsoft mm-hmm. uh, call center in miami and wow. i was paying them five percent a month and i realized they were not cashing my check they didn't want to cash your check they didn't they had about four months and at that time i'm starting out the business and i'm like looking you know i'm trying to balance my my business account and again i was the beauty of it i was not using um the money but i i really needed to balance things out and i'm looking at them like what is going on and i just went to one of the uh, managers and asked them, I was like, oh, we just put it in the drawer when you give us. And I'm looking at them, no, it's not how that works. You have to cash that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you take this money or forget it. <laughs> so, um, nah, they were cool about it. They just said, hey, I just thought this was something that we had to do. I was just like, no, I, you really don't have to take my money. You are Microsoft. So, right, right. You know, like, do you need it? They're like, no. I was like, okay, thank you. And they, they gave you your check. They cashed it. Yeah. They, no, okay. they didn't even cash them. They said, forget it. Don't worry about it. And oh. from that, back then, they gave me the confidence. So, you know what? Uh, I'm doing a service. You know, I, I you know, people, they could call me. They could text me. They just, I was just giving them more customer service than they were used to. Mm-hmm. Um, one time told me, look, we don't need to see the machine, we see Andre. And I, I thought that was very important because in vending in business, you're gonna, this is gonna be an issue. You mm-hmm. might uh, put a, a snack or loaded it wrong, but if you address it quickly, don't repeat it, uh, they love that. Right. Customers love that, they will keep buying. But if you have bad service, things are expired, things are getting stuck, mm-hmm. the right protocol of giving refunds. Again, with the technologies, I, I, I can look up at, uh, you know, something really did go wrong with the machine. And I don't even have to go there. I refund it on my cell phone. I'm like, hey, no right. problem. Here's your money back. Boom, they're happy. Those are yeah. the benefits of having the right equipment in these locations. Well, you said something that was really key. You said they see Andre. They don't even see the machines anymore. No. And that's that's a testament to the service that you're providing. And right. a lot a lot of us don't really understand that um, you are a reflection of your brand. And because you're a reflection on your brand, I always say this. I'd rather do business with somebody um, that, that I, not that I know, but I know of. I know if they character. I know certain things about them. Because I'm investing in that person. I'm not necessarily investing in that company. And if you, if you provide me proof that, hey, you know, I can get things done, I, I know how to execute, then I'm putting a chance on you, not necessarily uh, the thought that, because everybody got ideas, right? Everybody. But who follows through on those ideas and who gets them done? And I think that's, that's key that you said that they don't see the machines, they see you. And that's great. Well, I mean, thanks, man. And, you know, that whole, even that corporate building, I told you with eight machines in one building, it mm-hmm. started with one company and that admin was referring me to every other company within the next two years. I was kicking other operators out in the same building. See? And that's and, it. Most of and, my places were referrals, to be and honest. Those, and that's because of the service rendered. When you give a, a, a thousand percent of service and people know the difference, right? Like when you don't have to hunt people down and you call them one time and they deliver, people recognize that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. People tell me, hey, what's the best product, uh, you know, that you put in your machines? And I look, I'm, I'm not trying to be corny. I said, the best product is you. Mm-hmm. It's you. If you don't True. know how to sell yourself or anything like that, I don't know. That's you know, true. have to remove the machine. So when I go in a place and I talk to them, hey, 
you know, I provide this kind of service. Here's how you can reach me. Here's my 800 number. You can mm-hmm. call or text. How many times you go to a vending machine, you could text a person, hey, this product, this, and you get a response immediately. No true. one does that. Listen, that's right? true. That's so when true. they see that and they're like, oh, you have that? You could get this product? Yeah, of course I could get this product. Mm-hmm. You know, like you take away the traditional vending out of people's mindset. I have uh, different products in, you know, in that Microsoft Center that I had, I had headphones in there because it was a think tank, actually, a department that they had in downtown Miami. Mm-hmm. So they will come in there. They had worked in little pods. I don't know if you ever watched the movie Google where they had to come up with the next best idea and they were working in teams. And I realized these people are sometimes I'll hear them complaining as I'm feeling the machine complaining about, oh, I left my headset. Oh, who has a data cable? Oh, wow. Okay. Put it in right. there put in the machines so it's paying attention as well it's, it's having that uh awareness looking at the culture who you service the age baby boomers millennials mm-hmm. you know those kind of things you can, it's not going to be cookie cut i look at it almost like i'm a stockbroker. you right. know each company's a different investment i have to make the right purchases uh product to kind of yield a certain outcome right. and by looking at the kpis we go back to that and kind of trial and error a few things, you can give yourself a raise. That's how I look at it, man. I want to make, how can I squeeze a little bit more out of this company? Mm-hmm. What can I do? What can I change? Why did it go down this month? Was it a holiday? Are they tired of this product? Those kind of things you're, yeah. you're constantly looking at. Yeah. Um, do you think there's an idea prospect or there is no it's just as you go, you start to learn and navigate your way to um, getting with to get the machines in. Because I'm I'm listening to you and I'm thinking that uh, maybe there's an idea prospect out there that you can just say, okay, this is something that I could. I know it's going to work. I know it's going to this company right here. It's going to be uh, a done deal. I'll always ask this: What's the hours of operation? A word, okay. You have employees, it's employees, how many employees you have? I look for at least 50 or more, typically. Mm-hmm. And then, honestly, are you stuck? It goes to that airport thing again. Are they stuck? All right? Because mm-hmm. whether you have the best products or not, it's almost like you have a child at the table. If you feed them broccoli and say there's no McDonald's today, that's what you're going to eat. That's you're going to eat it. Choice. I don't care. Eat that. Mm-hmm. So when I know... I have a place, I have a DMV, and I know that the waiting time is horrendous, and they're sitting there, and the vending machine is there in that waiting room right in front of them. I could put garbage bags. They're going to eat it. Not to say that I'm going to give them bad stuff. I look for that kind of atmosphere. Mm. That's primary. Are they stuck? Can they walk? If it's a city, can they walk to a store? Is there a cafeteria? I scout these places. And that's how my negotiation now, when it comes to a location, especially when they're trying to throw out commission, why do you want commission? There's a cafeteria right there. I have to battle that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a store. Okay. I am blessing you with this machine. It's new. It's going to offer you this. And I'm giving you these products that you typically, your clients and uh, employees don't have to leave. It's right here. I'm bringing it for you. You're welcome. I don't say that, but, but in my head, <laughs> right. that's how I position it right. sometimes. I don't right. just throw out offer money because no, they don't really know what I make. They don't need to know, right. right? I know that I have to make a certain amount of transactions to make it work for me. Right. Goes back to uh, uh, earlier, I asked that one question and I said I had two questions to follow up. The second one is, are, do you have like concerns when it comes to theft? Is there, is there a lot of theft that goes on? No, no, okay. no, no. Now, I mean, look, if you go in a school route and stuff like that, you're going to have a niche kind of place, right? Mm-hmm. My places is normally where there's an employee break room, corridor on the camp. No one wants to get fired. I don't have public locations like out in Got the it. park, you see them. I don't have those machines outside. You know, the most public I have is like in the lobbies of corporate buildings. But again, they're by the security desk. Um, No, no. Now, vandalism is true. If you have it, 
around kids. Um, like schools could be a gift and a curse because you'll do a lot of money, but you're gonna have to again buffer cash flow for repairs and things of that nature on there. Um, but there's tricks of um, deterring people from uh, vandalizing the machine. There's some t uh, tricks out there that I've done um, and showed some people to do sometimes uh, on the vending machines uh, that, that I've seen that's worked wonders and they've never had a problem again. Put a lens, a little fake uh, camera lens. It doesn't even have to be activated and it'll stop. It's amazing. You're being watched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tricks of the trade i've done it i've yeah. i've told people before they've had it in some places where it happens you know right i fortunate enough i never had to do it personally mm -hmm. um but you know i know people that had to go through it yeah and and key to having that is a little buffer like you said yeah uh, for expenses and that that can be costly now if i have something that's uh really really popping right let's say i have a machine frequently being used and it's bringing in a good cash flow how often do i have to replenish all right the average machine is the five to eight a month i do one to twice a week anything that forces you out like i have anchor machines like the ones i have places that do two to three thousand dollars mm -hmm. you need multiple machines in there because then you're now you're killing yourself to go back to this location. But then again, you may have that one place that physically can't fit any more machines either. You might have to go there two, three times a week. The other attribute that you want to look at a location is, okay, when can I come in there? Okay, I don't, if you're working a nine to five or job or something like that, that's a, another thing you want to, I tell Aubrey's, be careful. If you're nine to five and your place is nine to five, when are you going to fill the machines? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So be conscious of that. I, you know, so the other attribute of a, a hotel is 24 seven. I go in some of my corporate buildings till 10 PM, seven days a week as a security guard. And I love building relationships. I pay for my own background checks in some places. I said, look, just like your employee, I'll pay for background checks. I'll pay for a key file because I want to be able to flow right in that access as I need. If I see, and I tell them, look, if I see that this product, Oh, you know, I'm used to going to a place once a week, every Tuesday, cause it's just, you'll get a place on a rhythm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden that particular place, they had an office party. Boom. You saw the machine is white. And then are you going to wait clear next week and have an empty machine for six, seven days? No. No. And I tell them that same scenario. I want to be able to come in. And I was like, oh, you'll do that. Of course I'll come there. <laughs> it's right, empty. It's empty. You got to make you know, the money, right? You got to recoup the money. Right? So you got to put back product. There you go. So when they hear that, they're like, all right we may have a security guard or we allow you in. So those hours of operation, not only is when I first stated like what I look for, it's also for that reason. Can I get in? Because where this is a side additional income, you don't want to make it feel like a job, right? right. Where I have right. to go within nine to five slot. I don't want right. that. Headache. Right. You know, I move, I drop my kids off. I could, Stop Earth's midday. I mean, I have people working for me now, but even when I was really doing 100% right. of everything, I was able to say, you know what? I'm going to stop right now, pick up kids, drop them off, you know, uh, waited for a wife and say, you know what? Let me go back out. I can finish right. and I'll finish it because I don't want to be on the road for another two, three days. So I built my route like that, where even at the highest point where I was doing 1.60 something machines by myself, I was only doing it in two and a half days because mm. I had long days. So I had one major, like Mondays, I would do like eight to eight, something like that. Mm -hmm. Tuesday, or I'll skip to Wednesday and I'll do probably six hours and Friday I'll do those busy places that I had to go twice a week. That's what mm. I do four hours on Friday. So um i was able to manage it like that 
sounds like you got a repeatable system. Yeah, it's a process. So you have to set up a good process. Did that take your time to create? Yeah, in the beginning, six months. You know, it's like learning to drive. It's, it's, I tell folks, it's almost like now these days, you don't, when you're driving, you're not looking at the gas pedal where it is. You just know where it is. But that was practice. You're not right. looking, okay, I gotta step to the right. No. When you do something repeatedly, rinse repetition, repetition is, comes natural. Natural. I look, I see where, what places need to be empty. I'll print out. I don't have reports here, but I normally, I thought I had a report here, but I'll print out a report. Mm -hmm. I'll see each itemized uh, location um, and I'll set up the totes, prepackage it. Um, and I'll also have, what I, with the system that I have, we'll just say uh, projected sellout. So currently it might be empty six in a slot, but within two hours is just projecting two more. So you'll add a couple more. So when you're there, you're in a location, 15 minutes top, you're in, you're out, you're prepped and you move right along. But if you break that chain of command, you don't, um, you say, oh, I'm not gonna look at the numbers. I'm just gonna guess it and wing it. You're gonna be on the road all day. Uh, no, that's not, that's not ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk, a, don't mean it's, switch gears so quickly, but yeah. I want to talk about the ATMs. Is it the same process with the ATMs? No, um, the ATMs, it, it's, it's a little bit more, the only thing with the ATMs, they're good, but I would rather the vending machines. You know, I, I wanted to try them out. Um, there's something that I did recently, the, the only issue with the ATMs is that you have to have a good amount of cash flow in those boxes. Okay. Just to kind of uh, yield about $300 a month, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And like vending machines, where I would say they're similar, you can't have any people now these days, they want the touch screen, they, you know. Technology. I, it's, it's all about that look, mm -hmm. right? And... I always implore people as look, if you're gonna get in the ATMs, know that these newer ones, this is what they want. You can't come here to these places and bring an old ATM unless it's some kind of club or something like that. But again, they it's not equipped to give that technology where you can see what if there's a jam, um, if there's any kind of error code, that's really, really important because again, mm -hmm. you have stall cash flow in it. Now you're not right. putting products, you're putting your currency in there. And okay? you're putting it in there? That's your money or are you yeah. getting it from the bank? Yeah, you're getting it from the bank, but it's still you. Still, okay, got it. So basically, so, you're, how does that work? You're getting funded from the bank, you get a loan and then you put it in there or is it something that the link between you and the bank? Well, it could happen either or, but no. Uh, the way I did it was my cash flow. Okay. It's my cash flow. So that's why I said that one could be a little bit uh, more costly and you have to have a buffer on it. Um, there's other ways to do it, but when you're just starting out, you're going to have to fund it yourself. You're going to have to fund it. You're going to have to have the upgraded system. You have to pay for the management, remote monitoring even with the vending machines, the mm -hmm. same rules apply. Uh, that connection, uh, depending on the company that you use, there are about five out there, is think of the, your cell phone, it's cellular connection. Some right. places make you go on their ethernet, but now these days that's not happening. So you have to pay for that um, cell connection. Yeah, it makes sense now. Uh, well, it sounds like to me, the vending is, if you're gonna start off, it's best to start off with the vending machines. I personally say so. Here's the thing. If you have a niche, I say, you know, I have a friend that he owns a mechanic shop, you know, and he wanted a vending machine. I had sold him one and he has not just snacks in there. He actually um, has a partnership with another place. They uh, he had spark plugs, mm -hmm. all these little car components, filters. I have a model. If you could vend it, you'd sell it. I'm putting it in the machine. Okay, if you're selling weed, put it in the machine. 
whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I've seen it. I know someone that put hair products in it. Uh, like, you know, uh, a mall center. I, I sold her one machine uh, and she reconfigured the coils and she put, um, I don't want to say it wrong, hair products. Hair products, yeah. <laughs> packages, you know. And I was looking back, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, that's dope. You yeah. Know, I've That's interesting. Me. I didn't even know that was possible. If you can vend it, why not? My biggest yeah. thing is I look at, if you YouTube and you look at vending machines in China, mm-hmm. they put everything in. You're getting jeans out of there. You're getting iPhones. You, you get electronics. Why not? Right. You know, you right. just have to open your you mind. You have to find the market, though. You have yeah. to find the market. And yeah, but see how you paid attention earlier when you said, I, I was listening and I realized that they were leaving their headphones behind and it was critical to them. So they were willing to go to the vending machine to purchase the headphones because that was probably that was needed at the time. Um, So I guess you got to have the market for you to say, okay, um, I'm willing to put pair of jeans in there and somebody's going to have, there's going to be a demand, but you got to find that demand that's going to walk in to get jeans from the vending machine. They go to the mall. Like I, I've seen it in the mall. I've seen uh-huh. the mall. It's there. I mean, in my hotels, I have a free package. I have a vending machine by the pool. Right. Um, and I have uh, water diapers. Oh. Because I know they're babies. Sometimes they want to go in the pool, and that's right. the rules. So I have free package water diapers, one for five. That's I dope. have toiletries, two days. Uh, right now is face masks, hand sanitizers. Look, you got to understand your market. Right. Man, that's dope. You vend it, you sell it. Like, mm-hmm. snacks and drinks is cool, but a lot of people is like, well, man, how am I not making a grand or 1500 like you? Because it's that <laughs> stuff what I do. I know who I'm serving. True. And then there's a margin. There's a margin difference, right? Like, do you make, uh, like, more profit selling other items besides the, the, the health food? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So in vending in the beginning, I always say, keep it very simple. Right. Okay. Keep it simple. Don't try to come too crazy out the box in vending. There's three C's, three C's. You have core products, cycling products, choice products. Okay. Choice products. When you have a location, you're discussing with them You say like what it says, what do you want to see in the machine? Give me three to five things. Three to five things takes up 20% of the machine. Okay. Right. You know, they'll say, and you give them a one page and you don't overdo it and have them dictate your entire machine. Mm-hmm. You'd be miserable. Okay. That's like you stand, you give your spouse control of your life and she will tell you whatever to do. You're messed up in that beginning of that relationship. <laughs> Don't do a thousand that. percent. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna give you a couple things yeah. and we work it out together. Right. That's so you true. consolidate the list. Oh yeah. Give right. them one pager. Don't give them a cheesecake factory booklet mm-hmm. and then they're all day. Right. Forget about it. Right. <laughs> so choice 20%. Then the second C is gonna be, which I think is the most important C is cycling. Cycling products take up 60% of the machines that can match all your machines in your fleet, right? Water. Everybody yeah. asked me what my number one seller. I said water. And you'd be it's shocked water. too because water probably is the most accessible. And it, yeah. but it's it's still high on demand. It's you can get a bottle like this wholesale for 20 cents, 10 cents, and I'm selling it for 150. Those margins are crazy. And guess what flies off the shelf faster? Water. Right. Okay. I tell people all the time, don't overthink this. Gatorade, your pretzels, your trail mix, your peanuts. Basic. Right. That takes up 60% cycling products. And you cycle out of those pretty fast. The margin is three, four hundred percent. It may sound very little, but when you're doing 35, 45 transactions of those, you have a place. Um, you can do the math in yourself. What's your average price point? How many transactions you have? per day, let's say you do 25, okay? And then you have a, either a place that is five days a week, six days a week, or seven days a week, mm. and you do the math. You right. now say, okay, my average price point is $2 in this machine. I'm getting 25, uh, 25 transactions a day. 
it's open seven days a week. Right. You have you, you you could kind of like I said, you're your own broker now. Mm-hmm. You can kind of map out and kind of come up with a sales strategy on how to um, build your machine. And yeah, it's finals, like the bar. You 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 create a bar and then you just start to gauge it from there. There you go. Mm-hmm. And the final C is uh, core products. Now you can bring in um, those the jeans, the headphones, the toiletries, the CBD products. My thing is CBD products. Mm-hmm. Try it out. It may be a hit or miss. Sometimes, especially with me with the CBD, it's not going to fly in every location. Mm-hmm. I had a law firm tell me, don't even put it in here. I'm like, all right, no problem. Right. <laughs> and then I had a place right across the street. It was like, man, load those gummies in there. Like, mm. Not a problem. Five for 15. They had even a bad eye. Right. You know, so have so, fun with it. That's why I like it. Yeah, I see. You could be creative too at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Quick question. Where did you get that entrepreneurship spirit from? When I was a kid. Really? Yeah, when I grew up in New York, um, my father, my grandfather, my uncle owned construction. I grew up in construction and built in New York, you know, in Brooklyn, Harlem. Um, I was in a construction site with a hard hat every weekend plus summers by myself. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. that was normal to me. You know, I didn't have someone that was going to work and stuff like that. You know, my mom did, she was a nurse, but I was working with my uncle and my grandfather. That's what I did. They, they, they built their own construction business. You know, we came from Jamaica when we were young and um, I wasn't going to parties. I didn't do any of that. I was working, you know, I, I hustled when I was young and, um, seeing my family run their own businesses. So I was getting checks as an elementary school kid. It sounds crazy, but I realized very young that I can't have conversations with people my age. I was telling them, ah, I went to work this weekend. I'm eight <laughs> years old at the lunch table. They was like, hey, if you don't stop lying. I was like, I said, all right, let me stop talking to these kids, man. They, 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 they wouldn't understand. No, no. I laugh now because I literally was telling them my heart my weekend was when they were playing Mortal Kombat. And I'm over here with a hard hat in, in, in Harlem mm-hmm. in the early 90s, um, cleaning and um, building and doing finished carpentry and doing flooring and doing all sorts right. of stuff. I I believe that you you when kids are growing up they mirror whatever they see their family doing. Yeah. So um a lot of things if you want to really inspire someone or to give them that aspiration that they need it really starts w- at home because they mirror that. Yeah. But my question is this it was it something that they encouraged you to do or is it something that you wanted to do at a young age or you just felt it was just natural? Oh, I, well, whether I liked it or not, there was no choice. I was just sitting mm. home on the weekend. You got to work, you know, and you know, it, it just honestly just became natural to me. Right. I, I try to do regular jobs and things like that. And I was like, oh, there's a time I had a call center. I opened up an online call center uh, through T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've done it. I've sold online before it was popular. I've always had to have something going on where I control the narrative. The narrative, I, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. always, always. So it, it was definitely ingrained in me from when I was young. Yeah, that, that's that's very important. Um, anything you would like to share? Like if somebody wanted advice, you know, they wanted to start this company or even venture off into um, just simply get a one or two mach- machines as a passive income, what advice would you give them? Well, first, they, they get in contact with me through Dre uh, Special Events. And, you know, they could, you know, I'm on all platforms through Facebook, IG. Um, it's the same thing across the board. I have my white, my, my website, thisservicesgroup.com. Mm-hmm. And I do free consults because I sell the machines, like I said, I do the training. But my always biggest thing, um, and I do consulting. So I tell folks, look, start with what you could handle. I was saying time-wise and financially. Do you need whatever the amount? 
I don't know. Right. I don't like to tell them, hey, I know your pockets or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a set price on, you know, a certain type of machine. They'll go over each one. You know, it just depends on their goals because um, that's why I like to consult with them. Is, and I'll be straight up. I'm like, this is for you or not for you. I right. think it's fairly easy where anyone can do it. It's just, again, I think we're... I always like to give someone the heads up. It's like, look, don't get in here thinking this is a music video or something that you're going to go nuts on and try to show out. Right. If you really want the real, I'm going to give you the real. I'm going to get you set up. But when you start with what you can handle, I'll train you. You'll come on a route. I've had people flying. They come on a route with me and they could see the day-to-day grind, what it is, you know, um, I, you know, and they don't have to because, you know, we have um, Zoom now and I have uh, training courses online that I send them as well. Mm-hmm. But starting with what you can handle. It's not rocket science. The only benefit that I had when I first started is that I didn't need the income that I invested. Right. Didn't need it. I didn't put my family in jeopardy. I, could, right. I couldn't even stress that. That's it. Because mm-hmm. now you're not stressed, like, man, what did I just do? Right, right. And overthinking. Overthinking. And mm-hmm. that will force you out. And Correct. That, that's across the board. That One has million a, percent. That's, that's anything that you do. It One will force percent. you out. Like, man, I quit. I, I right. can't do this. Because yeah. subconsciously, you're constantly thinking about how I'm going to provide. And when it doesn't come as quickly enough, then you, you start to hit the pan- panic button. And you're like, okay, it didn't turn out the way I wanted to, but did you give it enough time? Like, did you have enough, uh, number one, momentum? Did you build up enough for you to gain that momentum? But did you put in that enough time for you to say, okay, I I didn't see the results that I was looking for. But when you, like you said, when you have that buffer and money's not an option, right? Or it's not a worry, I should say. Money's not a worry. Then you say, okay, I got enough time for me to make some corrections, right? And you start to auto-correct yourself and auto-correct the process and you start building that momentum that is needed. And then you get, uh, you know, you reach a point where you say, okay, like you did, you, it took you six months to create a system, a repeatable system that made it profitable long-term, right? Of course. Right. So I, I agree 1000%. I just think that um, we don't when you have like you said when the money's on the mind it it really derails you yeah i think it's everyone is capable you know and that's why i tell people when you come to me i'm gonna cut your learning curve dramatically because i learned the hard way through losing money and you don't want to do that so um you have to have a set amount because there's there's brackets for everybody to enter the industry right? right you don't have to have a lot of money it's just that you have to start with the right equipment and I want to home in, okay, this is right. the kind of places you want to target. You don't have to have a big fancy Hilton Microsoft. I have, I have laundromats that mm-hmm. will kill some of my corporate places. I have some tiny hotels that will kill some of my big hotels. So, all right. You know, What's so, the average price on a machine, on a basic machine? Okay. So it, a de- decent machines without issues refurb you could get about 2500 to about 6 grand per year, per and again it depends on the type do you need combo do you need a snack do you all drink you know there's different like cars there's different brands there's USI there's Crane you know there's different types of uh brands out there I just don't want people to see, oh, I, I went on Craigslist and I found this machine for $700 or $800 or $500. And I'll say, yeah, they're there for a reason. They're dead, <laughs> you know? And more than likely what happens is just like the ATMs, you come mm-hmm. in there with this old machine. Right. People are gonna be like, nah, that ain't gonna work. Right. And trust me, it's good quality. It could work. Right. But it can't upgrade. That's why mm. I see a lot of operators um, 
you know, I have it on my, uh, people go to uh, Dre's special events. I have a post on there because I took a picture of typical machines. And when I see it, I kind of salivate because I'm like, ooh, they can't upgrade right. to a, a credit card system or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm the worst operator you have that machine in that location because I'm going to go to that person, whoever's running them like, well, this is what I got. And this is what I can offer. There you go. Yeah. So don't get caught out there with wolves like me. Yeah. <laughs> what's the, what's the lifespan of, of a machine? Uh, a decent one, about ten years, even oh. more. But okay. you know, like your vehicle, you can have it as long. There's going to be things, maybe a keypad go out, wire harness, which is rare. Um, I had I have a logistics center, a warehouse, and these guys were like killing the number seven. You know, pressing that one selection, I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to move these voodoo chips to another slot <laughs> because they burnt out that one selection. Right. And you know, stuff like that. It's really inexpensive. Um, if it's like uh, where it's a drink or a combo that you know has refrigeration, mm-hmm. um, you may have to more than likely after you know seven eight years, depending on how you maintain it. That's another thing I teach on how to clean out the filters and keep it up there. It'll run. It will do is how you treat your machine, no different than your vehicle central air. You Mm -hmm. clean that air filter, you change it. Some machines you have to change it, just, you know, the cartridge. Some built in, you have to get a compressed air can and blow it out. There's different ways. Again, that also affects the cost of machine your maintenance on it. And those are the things that kind of set people's mindset. So you going out there and then you come to me, Hey, I bought this machine. I'm like, well, okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, does it have a warranty on it? Do you have someone that's going to help you with it? Like, True. you know, I try to put people on the best foot forward. I think that's really important because I've seen people getting into some bad situations and I can't help you. I could sell you what I could sell you. Mm-hmm. I know that when you call and I have support and, you know, I deliver, I do, I do everything, you know, yeah. you deliver, drop, picked up. I make sure because I knew what I went through in the beginning and I try to make it as best as possible. Like, look, you go through me, you're not buying a machine, you're buying a system, you're buying uh, the training, the knowledge, um, that experience to kind of jumpstart you a little uh, faster than what I did, right? You know, but still right. give yourself a buffer. Yeah. Well, you just summarized everything that we talked about, uh, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> hey, man, I want to say thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, you taking the time out, and um, this been great, man. There's a lot of a lot of game in here, a lot of game. No, and I appreciate I, it. Yeah, and I, I hope everybody pick up on that game because. Uh, to me, passive income is probably like the best income because you don't have to physically be there and, and it's working and the money's working for you, which is great. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I do. Okay. If you want passive income, you have to put in that work. Okay. It doesn't come passive until you create that foundation. I grew up in construction. Maybe it's, it's just my mind that but you can't build a building without a good, strong foundation. It has to be so some pillars. Yeah, you got to set that foundation. So that that six months that I was talking about, that's what you're doing. You're you're shoring up your location. So when uh, someone comes there and say, hey, we have any machines. No, they love your service. It doesn't matter who comes there because they love you. That's part of the foundation. So be mindful of that. And, you know, as I'm talking to you now, I know that I'm getting paid, but I've been in it 10 years. Mm-hmm. And again, I made those minor sacrifices now that, and I'm still learning. I'm not going to say I learn, I, I, I'm the best out there, but I know my abilities and what has worked for me. And I believe in that system and I'm willing to pass it on to anybody that's willing to learn with it. So um, if you want the passive income, it's possible. You just have to put in that, that minor sacrifice in the beginning and it'll work out. Okay, great. That was great, man. Hey, thank you so much again. No, sir. Uh, Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, just um, one last time, let them know where they could reach you at. Very special events on IG, Facebook. My website is dsservicesgroup.com. 
and just message me and see, you know, we can set up a consultation. We can do a Zoom call, doesn't matter. I've I have operators in California, Colorado, North Carolina. I have in Texas. I have them in pretty much virtually every state. So there's not one area that I haven't dealt with. I'm not just in Florida. That's great. Thank you. Um, final thoughts for me. I just want to say I uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, we on IG underscore it underscore starts underscore now. You can go in the bio and you see the link to the YouTube channel where everything is. And once again, thank you. Dre, appreciate you, brother. Have a good one. I appreciate you, dude, Stan. Thanks, bro. All right. All right.